Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I'm starting, a, I hope it's a two-week series. And uh, we just finished up on the church. You really can't talk about the church except that we talk about what takes place in a church and realize that how the world perceives the church is in a perverted way. The church has within itself the government of God. Those are the places that God rules our life. And God's word rules every part of our life. And the Bible says that we should live by the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so as we incorporate the government of God into our life, it doesn't deprive you of something. It doesn't deprive you of life. It brings you into life. And so if we're going to live in God's best, then we have to incorporate God's government. Today, I'm going to talk to you about money, kingdom money. And some people say, oh, man, oh, man, you want to talk about money. Yes, not about just people receiving money. See, the world's concept is that the church overall is simply dominated by charlatans that prey upon weak people. That is not true at all. Now, they do not complain about the government taxing you even after you're dead on money that you've already paid tax on. They don't complain about that, but they complain about the church they don't complain about any other organization receiving offerings. They take thousands and hundreds of millions of dollars at $19 a head for little chihuahuas that they show on the screen shaking. And they've done reports that only about 10 cents of your 19 bucks gets there. But then let a Christian program in encouraging people to give $19 for the feeding of a child, the clothing of a child, and the education of a child, and they're charlatans. Well, I think they ought to quit barking up the wrong tree. There's a pun in there. And Bob Barker would do better to leave his money to the starving masses as he would to leave them to his dogs. Amen? Yeah, those dogs will survive just fine without millions of dollars paying somebody to sit on their backside in an easy chair watching the dogs watch dog TV. And I'm sure that that's coming. Am I against dogs? Absolutely not. But I am against the worship of creation more than the creator and those that are made in his image. I, I just am. <clears throat> And uh, so, uh, let's go to Genesis, the 13th chapter, verse 1 through 3. Abraham is the eternal friend of God. And so, we're going to start with Genesis, the 13th chapter, that gives us a little insight into this man of God. And it says, And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had. And Lot was with him. Lot was his nephew. And Abram was very poor. Abram was very what? 
rich. Wow. In silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys to the south, even unto Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, and Ai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. Now let's go to Genesis 12, 1. And it says, And now the, hand, now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. Now Abraham's going to be blessed. Now the word bless is found in Proverbs 10.22. And it says that the blessings of God tendeth to wealth, and it adds no sorrow thereto. Now I want you to understand that God understands that when he creates blessing, that it ultimately brings wealth. God's not repeating himself. He's not making mistakes. Blessings equal wealth because that's God's design. And then it says this, and I will bless thee and make of thy name great that thou shalt be a blessing. So blessing perpetuates blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now could you please turn with me quickly to Genesis, the 14th chapter, and let's look at verse 17. This is Abraham coming back from an invasion where five kings have invaded Sodom and Gomorrah, and they've taken his nephew Lot captive. And it says in verse 17, And the king of Sodom, after Abraham returns back with the victory, went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of the Chalde, uh, Chedlamer, yeah, and of the kings with, that were with him in the valley of Sheba, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him, Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Somebody say, God owns it all. And it says, And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hands, and he, Abraham, or Abram, tithed to Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a foreshadow or a forerunner of Jesus Christ. And then it says in verse 21, And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said, That sounds like a fair deal. No. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, 
I have lifted up my hand, covenant, unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abraham rich. Now, Abraham knew that he would inherit wealth because God promised to bless him. Now, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you, God, for all that you're about to do. God, that you're going to renew our mind, give us understanding and wisdom, and we, God, will trust you over every other aspect of information. And we thank you for it. Amen and amen. Now, every church and every believer owes his allegiance to one king. And that is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Our allegiance is not to be watered down. Our allegiance is not to be spread out that we are in covenant or submissive or in need of anybody else except Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to think about what you're going to say. Do you or have you received Jesus Christ, not just as your Savior, Savior, but I want you to consider that if you call him king, what it really means. How many of you have decided to make Jesus Lord of your life and king of your life? That means that we are ruled and governed by him and his will. So we have replaced self-will and self-service to serving him and fulfilling his will. Could again get an amen? Absolutely. All right. So I want to talk to you today about church stewardship. Because if you're in a church, you're in a family. And if you're in a part of the family of God, you are in, made a part of, a living organism called the body of Christ. Now, that body of Christ is governed by the word of God because he is king, his will supersedes all other wills even to the point that we would lose our death, lose our life, or that we would suffer death. Our desire and our purpose is not to bear our cross, but to bear his every day. Amen. Now, you might think that that's simple, but really it becomes far more complicated when Christians have got to submit to that lordship. Then, uh, so we're going to talk about the church stewardship. What do we do or how are we governed by God? So, no believer, none in the body of Christ, no believer that God is with should ever think that God is against him. Now, you may think that that's, well, that's a stupid statement. I, I understand you think that it's stupid, but most of the time when we are using our faith or attempting to live for God, whenever we run into hardship, we automatically think that God is behind the hardship. If prayer is not answered, 
we say, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? When God is faithful and he answers every prayer that is prayed in faith. He multiplies every seed that is sown. He fulfills every promise that you and I believe in. So we have to come to the point, first of all, God is not our enemy. Now I'm going to talk to you about church stewardship. And in talking about stewardship, first of all, you have to believe that God wants you to prosper. If we are the children of Abraham, then we, like Isaac, can be blessed no matter where we are, no matter what the conditions that we are in. The Bible says in Genesis 26, 1 down through 10, that Isaac was in a land of famine. He was about to go to the world, which is simply a symbolism of the, of the church de demanding or relying or needing the world. We do not need the world. Please, we do not need the world. Listen, God is a God of supernatural provision. Well, he uses man. I understand that he uses man. Well, he uses money. I understand that he uses money. But whether man is here or whether he's not here, God is our eternal soul source of our provision. If he is not, then you and I are always going to fall prey to limitation and need. But remember, God meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory. does not mean that needs don't come up. Sometimes people think just because a need come up that it's time to give up. No. God says, I will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. That simply means when needs arise, go God's way to meet them and not your own way. That's what it means. But most of us don't do that. Most of us go right back to Egypt. But God told Isaac, look, Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. So what do we do when we look at Isaac? Isaac chose wisdom. He sowed in the land, in a land of drought, in a land of famine, and he sowed seed. And even though it never rained on his seed, never rained in the area, he, because of a supernatural response to his seed, grain being sold, sown in a famine and a drought, the Bible says that he reaped a hundredfold. In other words, every seed produced a hundred times of itself. Hallelujah. And that's not even a great harvest. It really isn't. One piece of corn out of one stock produces over 6,200 times the seed that was sown. That's 6,200. I don't want a hundredfold. I want 6,200-fold. That, that's what I want. So we have to realize that a seed sown multiplied in an economical depression. What does that tell us? That tells us that we need to observe God's way no matter what we're looking at. Remember, we walk or live by faith. The just do. In other words, we live 
by application of God's word in every situation. When we do not apply God's word, we're not living by faith. We're living by the things that we see. But we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, we do not allow our mind and the thoughts that we have can certainly be transferred through the mind and the imagination of man into picture form. And so when he says we don't walk by sight, he simply means this. We do not walk by the evidence that we used to be controlled by. So we walk by what? The Word of God in every situation, and we stop being dominated as fallen men. We stop thinking that the world is our answer. We stop returning to that which we have been redeemed from. That's how we walk and live by faith. All right, so we see that Genesis, in the beginning that God began to prosper Abram. Now, prosperity is not a bad word. And wealth is not a bad word. I hear people say, oh, I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. You know, really? You go to work every day? Well, of course I do. Really? What do you go to work for? Well, you just go to work to, to help somebody? You so what, what are you doing? You're going there because you want money. And you're going there because that's the best job you can get. And if you could, you'd be moving down the road and making double that you possibly can. You go on strike to get more money, you little greedy thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, you're telling me all how holy you are. Now, you're filled with greed and fear. Yeah. See, you think you're your own provider. Now, we do work to eat. We have to use the talents that you have, and that is the condition of God. You have a talent. You have to work if you're going to eat. If you don't work, you aren't going to eat. Oh, I'm just going to live by my giving. No, that is totally disruptive to the system of God. And if you abort the system, you'll be cursed. You didn't know I, I knew that, did you? Yeah. And so when, when people make these big claims, just don't listen to them. There's a real thing that we ought to do. I'm telling you, this is, this, I woke up to this the other day. Read the Bible. Oh, God, it, it, was, it was so foreign to me. I, 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 I thought, well, nobody ever told me to do that. So I read the Bible. And I'm going to believe the Bible over all the books that I've read. Amen. I think I'm just going to read the Bible. You got to work. You don't work, you don't eat. You don't wash yourself, you don't get clean. Well, I run through the rain once a month. That's not enough. Amen. Catch the rain and get in and out of it about twice a day. It'll help you with your relationships. All right. Now, now listen to these words. Please listen to this. Poverty. Poverty is a part of sin's fruit in every man's life. As much as sickness is, 
And it is the enemy of God, and it is the enemy of his people. Can I have 2 Corinthians 8, 9 on the screen? So prosperity is not wrong unless you use it wrong. Amen? 2 Corinthians, for you know, somebody say, I got a revelation, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich. Now, let's stop right there. Where do you think Jesus was rich at? From heaven? No, no. He couldn't have been from heaven because he laid down his deity. And with laying down his deity, he laid down deities ability to extract wealth at his discretion but since Jesus did not sin he kept all the commandments of the Lord you remember a rich man that came to Jesus and he was very rich and Jesus said keep the commandments the guy said that's what I've done for my youth he said but you forgot one thing you need to minister to the poor if Jesus kept every word of God was he any less wealthy than the rich man he wasn't because God's not a respected person so really Jesus was rich he could not have lived by faith like Abraham and had been anything else the rich man said, I've observed the commandments. And he said, and this is why I'm wealthy. He understood that. Jesus never sinned. He kept all of the commandments. He didn't come to break the law, do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. So guess what Jesus was? You're, it's like cussing, isn't it, Jim? You, you're almost afraid to say that. People are almost afraid to acknowledge. How do you think he took care of 12 families? How, how do you think he took care? And he, he employed a thief and knew he was stealing. Made sure there was enough there to make him happy. How did Jesus take care of things? How did Jesus have his own house? How did Jesus have a robe that people wanted to gamble on? How did he have that stuff? Well, it was just a shabby road. God just blinded them and made them think it was nice. Listen, I buy something at Walmart. I know it's come from Walmart. Now, listen. Jesus kept the commandments. There is only one outcome to an obedient man. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good, not the livers not the leftovers the good of the land now why would Jesus be poor when the law contradicted that mindset because that's religion that's religion hallelujah all right what did it say there oh thank you Yet for your sakes, 
Now remember, Jesus is not poor because of his heavenly connection. He's poor because he came as a light to those that sat in darkness. He walked as a man of righteousness by faith and obedience to God. Now, for your sakes, for your sakes, somebody say, he did this for me. This is a substitutionary act. Just like bearing your sins was, Jesus is bearing your poverty. He became sin who knew no sin. He became poor who knew no poverty. And then it says this, that ye through his poverty might be able to get by. Made what? Rich. Made what? That's probably a mistranslation. Let's go to NIV, VVE, BB, Vo, Vava, Voo, and just Baba Bading. And let's find something that fits our religious mannerism and our religious dead thoughts about what God should not do because we don't think it's right. That's religion. All right, let's go to uh, 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. Now, we know these scriptures, and I know it. Most people quote them while they're sleeping. And it says this, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, sacrificial exchange, should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were what? Healed. Healed. Healing has been provided in the body of Christ on the cross. Prosperity has been provided in the body of Christ on the cross. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity. Well, I'm not even going to tell you the secret. I'll get back to it. Hallelujah. All right, now let's go to 2 Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9. This is God's will for all men. I know that you know these scriptures, but we're looking at them in a new light today, scriptural light. And it says, And the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance or be saved. Right? All right. So what does salvation involve? What is the word sozo? S-O-Z-O. That is the word for salvation. What does it entail? It entails health, wholeness, healing, mending, deliverance, protection, prosperity. Prosperity. Why? Because if God redeems you from sin and the curse, then he redeems you to righteousness and blessing. Right? You, you, you can't be redeemed and still have that connected to your life. All right, now let's go to 3 John and verse 2. 3 John verse 2. 
So what we're looking at that is God's will that people prosper, is God's will that they be blessed. Third John three, oh, third John two. There, oh, there you go. Beloved, I wish above all things. Now remember, oh, this is John speaking though, and he speaks by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. As the Holy Ghost fell on them, God breathed into them inspiration. So this is God speaking to us. Forget about the vessel that it came through and look at the reality of what it is. This is God speaking. And then it says, Beloved, I wish above all things. Somebody say, above all things. Whew, that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So God doesn't want people blessing without spiritual maturity, but he takes it for granted that people will become spiritually mature. And then what happens? They prosper and they begin to walk in health. Okay, now let's turn our... Whoo, boy, this is, oh, let's go to Deuteronomy 8. I hear already people quoting 818. <laughs> so prosperity is God's will for every believer. Well, I'm not prosper. That's not God's fault. There are sinners that are not saved. That's not God's fault. Well, I'm not healed. That's not God's fault. I said that one time. A lady got mad and left the church. I can't believe you told me that, that I'm the problem. I said, I asked your husband. He said, you're the problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bill said, I could be happily married if you'd leave. <laughs> what kind of verbiage is that from a woman? I mean, I thought it, but I didn't know that she could read telepathic. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Gee, money. All right. Boy, Deuteronomy 8.4. Do we have it there? This is so... Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee. Would to be God would return us the old covenant. I would have money. But I did find out how to get money from now on. I noticed how Philip... Philip said this. I'm not spending any more money this summer on summer clothes or anything. I'm going to wait till the fall comes. Is that what she said? Absolutely. But I notice she comes home with stuff. But so am I. I, I'm going to. I'm telling you. I'm learning from the master. Oh, yeah. She comes to home and she brings this bag of clothes. I said, hey, I thought you weren't going to sell clothes. She said, buy clothes. She said, I didn't. I returned some that I had in the closet. And when I got the money back, I just respent the money. I got in my mind. I walked in there, and it's like a wind tunnel. All these, uh, you know, sales things going. It's like a leaf blowing in the ball. So what I'm going to do from now on, I've learned to read receipts. Did you know every receipt has where it come from on it? Oh, God, I didn't know that. So now I've learned from the master. She can go away for a month 
and I'll be living high, eating big, and buying a bunch. She won't have to give me a dime. I'm telling you, it's a gold mine in there. She said, well, 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 some of them are in-store credit. I said, who cares? I'll go to the store, spend the credit, then return what I got credit for. I'm telling you, the wisdom of the Lord has fell upon me. I'm telling you. So if you see me going down the road with a bunch of tags in my hand, it is the song of victory being sung over me. <laughs> yes, hallelujah. Deuteronomy 8, 4. Let's go back to, all right, thy wayment. Yeah, thy wayment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. Watch this. Next verse. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as God chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God, the Lord thy God, for the Lord thy God. You don't stumble on it. You aren't looking for it. You aren't trying to steal it. You aren't trying to get your enemies to give it up. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. In this land is full of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valley and of the hills. A land of wheat, barley, vines, and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of oil, olive, and honey. And a land wherein thou shalt, thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack, wow, get out of here, lack anything in it. Now wait, remember God's taken us in. This is not our plan. This is whose plan? And what's going to do, God going to do? I'm going to bring you in there and I'm going to make sure you never have lack of anything. Oh, but God, but God, we're so used to living in lack. You, you, you'll give us brain shock. He said, well, Kay, Kay, Katie, bar the door. Put on the seatbelt. I'm taking you in. This is God's plan. Lack anything in the land wherein and whose stones are iron. And out of those hills they, thou mayest dig brass. Next verse. And when thou hast eaten and art full, what that must have been to a slave, then thou shalt bless the Lord. Oh, no, no, we bless God in poverty. Really? I've never been too happy with poverty, and I've lived there a lot of years. I never once heard my mama that prayed. My dad ran, was, she was in the ditch one time, and she said, I need milk for the babies. He started chasing her down the ditch in his car and yelled at her, why don't you pray and ask God to bring them babies some milk? And he just drove off to disappear for a week, two weeks at a time 
and talk about ADD, my mother raised my brothers and sisters on sugar water. Me and my older brother are the only sane ones. All the others are. It's not their fault. It's just they've been induced with sugar. Oh, that's not possible. Oh, yeah, it's possible. And then it says this. Thou hast eaten and art full. Thou shalt bless. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say abundance. No lack. Makes grateful people. And the good land which he hath given thee, beware that you do not forget the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments, his statutes, which I command you this day. Least when thou hast eaten and are full and thou hast built goodly homes, not shimmy shacks, not outhouses, goodly homes, and you dwell in them. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver, oh goodness, and thy gold, oh good, wow, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and that you forget that the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who led thee through the wilderness, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents, scorpions, and drought, where there was no water, who brought water forth out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, the longest miracle in the Bible, 12,500 times, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee to do thee good at the latter end. And it says, And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. Oh, but thou shalt remember. Now this is a very important. All that was this. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he, 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 he that giveth thee power to get. Somebody say gift. Get wealth. In other words, if you don't have it, God's given every believer power. And this is under the old covenant. We understand that we're under a better covenant. And it says that he may establish, he giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Now, what I want to talk to you about is money without a purpose turns into greed and ensnares. It causes men to put faith in something that cannot save them and pierce them through with many sorrows. First Timothy, the sixth chapter. So why does God give man power to get wealth? Why does he bring him into a land there is no scarceness? Why? Why does he do that, David? Why does he bring him into a power where there's scarceness? Verse 18. Verse 18. That I may establish his Okay. There you go. Hallelujah. Do you realize that God enables you to establish a covenant? Or we could say to establish a kingdom based on the covenant 
at the cross. Now, can you establish a covenant? Can you establish the kingdom without money? Come on, can you? No, you can't. You can't. Can you feed the poor without money? Can you help the widow without money? Can you pay your bills without money? Hmm. So all of those are no, but we don't think God should be involved in it. In other words, the mentality of the church that believes in poverty is that you are your own provider. You are your own God. You can't do any more than what your hands can produce money for. You are a self-provider. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, I, I want you to wake up. Because there is far more to God than you trying to establish the kingdom on your own. So God gives us power. Somebody say power. To get wealth. Now you have that power. Where is it? It's in the scripture. All you got to do, God's upholding all things by the word of his power, Hebrew 1.3. All you have to do is begin to apply the laws of wisdom. And there is enough money in the earth to make every believer, every man that has ever touched planet earth, to be as rich as Abraham plus. Well, how do you know that? Because I do. Do you know that if you would channel the atom bomb instead of using it to kill people, that you could cause it to split, split, split? You know how long a drop of oil would last in heating a city? It would be endless. It would be endless. So really, God doesn't expect us to ever use up all the oil. It's just in our ignorance that we do. Yeah, remember that he's going to take us into a land and bless us with no scarcity. There's enough material in this world to build us goodly homes, every person. Nobody has to be poor. Nobody has to be without. All you have to do is start applying your faith. Is a Terry Waters here? Raise your hand, Terry. Raise your hand, Terry. Stand up, Terry. Yeah, you're... Terry was single. And I told her, I said, you know, I, and, and she was single. She wants to be single again, but she can't. She's married. And, uh, and I understand why, because she married to Randy's brother. <laughs> Who would have... You would have thought she would have investigated after she saw Nikki's perils. Anyway, uh... But she didn't have a house. She said, Pastor, I can't get a house. I don't have no money. I said, look, I want you to get with a realtor. You got favor of God. I want you to have that realtor start showing you homes. And pretty soon, somebody's going to offer you a land contract or something that you cannot resist. Sure enough. Now, nobody else did anything in the congregation. She's the only one that got a report on it. Everybody else kept complaining. We ain't got a down payment. We ain't got this. Who asked you for a down payment? Nobody asked you for a down payment. I told you to go start looking. But you fell back into reason. 
Listen, there is favor around you. And it'll make the wise and the rich become stupid on your behalf. And even though you can't even produce any down payment, they'll give you a house. Well, Terry got the house. She married Jason. Jason thought, hey, she's got a house. It can't be too bad. He moves into the house. One night, hate to say it, a fire comes. Burns that old house to the ground. But thank God for replacement value. They built a new house debt-free. Hello. And sold it. Then bought another one. Oh, Jeezy. Another old one. And she didn't try to fix it up. She called Daddy, who's a contractor. Daddy, Daddy. Poor guys worked themselves to death. But the house is now going to be sold. Well, they moved into another house. You better watch because they're moving in to a house near you. <laughs> and what are they doing? They're perpetuating. Started with nothing. But they dared to believe that God could take them in and not keep them out. Hallelujah. I remember one time I just bought a brand new Durango. It was red. I'm telling you, I had paid it off. Didn't have to owe no money. And I seen this little guy, Jason, driving to church with these little triplets in the back of that car, which I didn't care. But the Lord said, look how cramped they are. I said, I just closed my eyes. I said, I know there's something bad coming. I know there's something bad coming. Oh, God, they're still there. God, move them in the name of Jesus. Well, they didn't move them. And the Lord said, you got a Durango. I said, yes, sir, and I love it. I thank you for it, Father. And I said, I thank you for it. He said, you know, I gave you that Durango. I said, yes. He said, you know that if I give it, it belongs to me. I'm thinking, no, I got the title. And the Lord says, give him that new Durango. I'm telling you, I had a fight with the Lord. I said, absolutely not. I am not doing it. I am not giving that Durango. I called him in my office. I said, you got any money? He said, yeah. Pulled out a $20 bill. I said, here, I'm selling you my Durango for $20. Had to get a ride with the cops to get home. Phyllis said, where's your car? I said, I sold it. She said, well, well, great. Did you get a good deal? I said, oh, yeah, better than zero, buddy. I'll tell you, I got $20. I've come home without shoes. Phil said, one of these days, you're going to come home naked? I said, I ain't going that far with faith. He said, no, no. Listen to me. God gives us power. Power. Well, what kind of power? To overcome poverty, to overcome every devil that is around prosperity. The Bible said this. It says that in Mark, the 10th chapter, the when the rich man come, that he would not give up his wealth, so he went away sorrowful. But then he says this. The disciples said, hey, we've given everything up. What's in it for us? And he said, you'll receive a hundredfold. If you give something for the kingdom of God and for my sake, I will give you a hundredfold in this life and in the wor world to come, eternal life with persecution. See, there are demonic spirits around prosperity.
And as soon as we get under a little pressure, they drive us from the seed that we've sown. They drive us from faith. They drive us right back into reason and being dominated like the world thinks. We are not of the world. You can overcome persecution. Come on, you can overcome it. Let it do what it can do, but it cannot alter your faith unless you put a stop to it. You let your seed and your faith do what God has given you power to do. Come on, could I get an amen? Power to do. And so we have power to get wealth for the sole purpose to establish the covenant or the kingdom of God among the people that believe. That's the kind of power we have. Remember when God in Exodus, the third, uh, 12th chapter, God told Israel to come out. He was redeeming them. And he told them to go to their slave masters and say, can I have all your money? They said, oh, sure, man. Yeah. Those guys must all been high, buddy, on the stench of dead frogs. And, and, and they gave them all their money. Gave it to them. What, why did God give them money? They're going to the wilderness. God didn't just prosper them for nothing. He's prospered them for a God purpose. Moses says, that money you got in Egypt, I want you to consider giving to the building of the church in the wilderness. Amen. And the Bible says, those that had a willing heart came back and gave. Those that didn't, that's fine. There's always going to be people that have wrong motives for their prosperity or wrong motives out of their prosperity. Don't worry about those people. If God doesn't get to them, ultimately they'll separate themselves from their blessing. But remember that God gives us power to get wealth for a purpose. Now, God is not against us having godly homes, nice things, our herds increasing, our silver and our gold increasing. Amen? He's not against that. What he's against is him prospering you, you using your faith to prosper and not being connected to a God purpose. That's what God does not like. Why? It'll turn on you. Greed. It'll turn on you. Sorrow. It'll turn on you. False trust. The only reason that we exist since we've received Jesus Christ is that his will permeates and supersedes everything that we do. Amen? Everything that we do. Praise God. Somebody said, well, you know, if I win the lottery, Pastor, I'm going to tithe. I said, you ain't even tithing off that check you get every month. How are you going to tithe when you get millions of dollars? Well, I will. <laughs> yeah. A guy told me that, and I'm still waiting for him to return with the money. You can't trust people, but you can trust God. It is not your job. It is your God. 
Amen? Nothing is your source except God himself. God's will, first of all, you must establish and accept it's his will for me to prosper. It was your father, your grandfather's uh, idea of the will that God would bless him and prosper him. Now it's our turn. Amen? We'll walk in obedience. We will be blessed, and it will overtake us. Come on, it'll overtake us. Come on, it will overtake us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God knows right where you are. Don't be afraid. God knows just what you're facing. After a year, uh, about five years ago, I took a year off of preaching, canceled all the venues and all that kind of stuff, and it was very expensive. But we always get a, just about get a soul saved for 25 cents. And I just challenge anybody to get that type of results. Anyway, for about 25 cents, we get a soul. And so I go back to Kenya after, for a first crusade after I've been off a year. Haven't preached a crusade for a year, and I'm thinking, man, I wonder what's going to happen. And I got out there, and people were begging for money. Hey, do you have any money? Have any money? You know, and uh, I said, no, I don't. Be, because I'm, I'm married. I'm, I, I don't have any money. I'm not allowed to carry it. Least I experience joy and not come home. So Eric, I, I'm like, Eric, could I have a dollar? Sure, pastor. How old are you, sir? I think they think I'm just a little off in the head and he's my caretaker. Eric, could I, could I have a pack of gum? Sure, Pastor, what, what kind do you want? That little green pack. <laughs> Pastor, could, hey, Eric, could I have some nuts? You want the small size or the big size? I'll take the small size. I am attached to him at the hip. I can't get a drink of water. Eric, can I have some money for water? Phyllis says, honey, you got any money to take? I say, no. She said, oh, you're with Eric. You'll be okay. She does say that. Huh? She does say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard you. Oh, honey, honey, honey. Oh, nothing hid that'll not come out. Hallelujah. Yep, 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 yep. Hallelujah. Now, where's my story, David? You blew it. Where, what? My what? Oh, yes. So I'm standing there, people are begging for money. And I'm thinking, oh, man, God, I, what am I going to do? And I look down in the midst of all these people. And there is a circle about that big. And in that circle is an American quarter. An American quarter. Now, you would think, well, why is that quarter? God was telling me, I know where you've been. I know where you're at right now. And just as I was with you when you stopped, I'm with you when you begin today. God knows where we're at. He's not trying to hide from us. He is trying everything to get us to live by faith, trust him, be wise, and not foolish. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody's head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe God 
with my whole heart. All that is within me. I believe, God, that you are a God of great substance. I believe, God, that the cattle on a thousand hills belong to you. I believe, God, that the silver and the gold belong to you. I believe, God, that the whole earth and the universe, God, belong to you. And I believe, God, that you saw through your infinite wisdom and knowledge of all things, God, that we would be here today. You see, God, the needs of our family, the need for homes and cars and clothes, and God, the need to be blessed that we can fulfill your purpose. And I believe, God, that right where we stand, in our lives, in our families, in our jobs, that, God, there is a, an abundance that you will cause to bring into our life as we walk in faith and obedience. Now, God, it's your will to prosper us. And we just simply say, God, not my will, but thine be done. God, we will be distributors of wealth. We will be seed sowers. We will be givers. We will be people of purpose. God, we are people that you can trust. We, God, are sold out to you, not to ourselves. God, I ask right now, you declared that whoever we bless would be blessed. God, I bless every person in this aisle to my left I bless them with the blessings of Abraham and I bless them with manifestation of their inheritance in Christ. I bless God this section. I bless it God with an abundance. I bless it God with visions. I bless it God with promotions and raises. I bless them in the name of Jesus. God, I bless the people that are in this area. I bless God that cars would come. I bless that God homes would come across their path. That God, they will be able to inherit that home and that God, those homes, will God be at reduced prices. God, that they'll move into those homes and that God, they will be places where that investment will be able to produce God, a harvest in their life. God, I pray for this section. I pray for favor. I pray, God, for wisdom, for choices, God. Choices, God, of where to sow a seed. A choice, God, where to invest. A choice, God, that you direct them to, that, God, you can multiply that which they are sowing. I bless them, Father. And God, remind you that we have been brought into a land without scarcity. God, I pray for this section. I pray, God, that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that, God, you would provide an abundance, that, God, their seed would be blessed, their seed, God, would be promoted, their seed, God, would be hired, and that, God, they would realize this is the reason my mother and father are righteous. God, I ask you to make ways where there are no ways. I ask you, God, to do the impossible in Jesus' name. I bless them. 
And then, God, I bless this last section. To the right, God, I loose right now. I loose, God, favor. I lose favor, God, that would direct them and let the voice, God, let the opportunities come, God, and travel on the wings of the wind. And let them come to our ears, God, that we will hear. That, God, we will see it in simplicity, be able to apply our faith with it, and, God, see your miraculous hand. I bless this section. I bless this section of the risers, God. I bless them in the name of Jesus Christ, and I lose blessing, I lose increase, I lose prosperity, I lose God indebtedness, I lose debt, God, over them in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those in the risers on this left side. I pray, God, that you would give them the favor that they have inherited that it'll bring them before great people, that, God, it'll give them favor, cause them to be promoted, cause their gifts, God, to be unveiled. Let people begin to desire for them to work for them, to be in partnership with them. I loose blessing upon this segment. God, I loose it in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, we thank you that you have prospered blessed and God that the blessings of God tendeth to wealth that we may attend to divine purposes oh God we thank you before this hour before this day you knew every parent you knew every child that was going to be born and God you knew that they would have faith to prosper their children to educate their children to put them through college God to cause their children to be notable and right and prosperous in their community. We are, we are the people of God. We are the blessed of the Lord. And God, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Now, God, I loose right now. Thank you, Father. If you are here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, money can't buy you salvation. Money can't buy you forgiveness of sins. Money can't buy you a new tomorrow. And money cannot buy you eternal life. But God in His unlimited love sent His only begotten Son into this world he sent him to Calvary and he sent him there to die for your sins that you could be saved God didn't need saved Jesus didn't need saved the Holy Ghost didn't need saved you needed saved but God was willing to give his all that you could experience your all with him if you're here today and you're not a Christian or if you're here today and you're a backslider either one I'm going to count to three I'm going to ask you to be bold enough to stand up Jesus said if you deny me before men I'll deny you before the Father I want my name heralded through heaven by the lips of my Savior 
if you're a sinner here or a backslider, one, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand up because this is your opportunity to escape death. Oh, the joy of God's salvation, friend. Only you can receive it by your faith. Two, when I count to three, lift that hand up towards heaven. This is the most sacred time of this service. It is a time where God is dealing with your soul, where your mind is saying, how can I? What will I have to give up? Well, Jesus, the salvation is free, but it's going to cost you everything you have. But what you have is not worth what he's offering. You have to accept him as Lord of your life, the king that rules you. Get ready if you're not a Christian or you're a backslider. Three, raise your hand up. Let me see it, wherever it is. Am I missing one, Mark? Do you see any? Okay, let's everybody stand to our feet. What we're going to do is we're going to ask you, if you raise your hand, I want you to quickly get out of the seat and come down here and let me pray a prayer for you and uh, with you so that your life can be transformed. If you raise your hand, wherever you are, come on. Anybody? Somebody's coming. Anybody else? This moment in time. And I do ask you to stay with me. Because a lot of times when we get to the end of the service, people bail out like rats off the ship. It only takes three more minutes. And, you know, we need your faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pray this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe in your son. And I now give my life to him. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and that you've been raised from the dead and that you're alive today. Come into my heart, Jesus. I receive you as Lord of my life. From this moment on, I will live for you as you have died for me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm forgiven. And I'm born again. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. You got some stuff for her? Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. God will never risk you or your salvation to win the world. He loves us too much. So if you're here today, they tell me it's new membership Sunday. Come on over here. What are we doing, baby dedications in the office? Oh, we're going to do it. We'll get up here. Okay. Uh, first, we'll let's already announce the membership. Okay. All right. If you're here today and you've been here one day, 10 minutes, you've lasted longer than most people. 
No, I'm kidding you. And uh, listen, if you have been here this week or the weeks that proceeded up to this and you believe that God wants you to be a part of Only Believe Ministries Christian Center, then what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to come down. We're going to join our faith for you. And we're going to accept you into the family of faith, which you're already a member of. But this is a stand for membership. So if that's you and your family, please step out of the aisle and come on down here. And uh, we're going to pray with you and, and just release God's blessing on their life. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, young man. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you doing, young man? Well, am I glad you're married to me? Because I saw you eyeballing him. You think he's good looking? I told you. I'm telling you. I can sense when she's on the verge. No, I'm kidding. Anyone else? Praise God. All right. Everybody stretch your forth your hand to this young man. What's your name? Joe. Joe. All right. What's your last name? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Joe McGill. What? McGillivary. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for the faith of Joe. We want to thank you, God, that he's become a part of our family of faith here. God, we thank you. And God, we understand that he's a treasure to our church, treasure to our life. God, let us be a treasure to his. Now, God, we ask that the blessing of this house would be upon him. Yes that God's faith in him would begin to grow, that God his revelation of you and of your son and of the kingdom would begin to expand and break forth into Joe as it's never been before. Let Phyllis and I be better pastors than we've ever been for Joe. Let us preach God that which he needs to hear. Equip us, God, to transform Joe's life for your glory. Now, God, we ask the favor of this house. We ask God the increase of this house to be upon Joe. Now, God, we thank you for him. God, help Phyllis and I again to be the very best that we can that God, Joe, will appear before you and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And God, we thank you for Joe in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you, Joe. He's got some information for you. Everybody got information. All right, for those little babies, send them down here. Roll them down, run them down, carry them down. Praise God. We're going to be dedicating how many babies? Four babies. All to one? Oh, okay. All to, okay. I thought maybe they were to one woman. We're going to be lifting our hands up for that baby. So if you're here today and you have a child that is going to be dedicated, please head right up here. And again, this is a church thing. Don't be diving out. Listen, I've already called Arby's. They're saving you a spot. When you get there, just pull in line of everybody else. They'll understand. No. Phyllis. No. These, these are important things. We need to have people. Bring that. Oh, look, look at that hair. David, look at that hair. Hallelujah. Man, oh man. Oh gosh, he looks so funny. I mean, Uh-oh. Even though, yeah. What's his name? Noah. 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 Didn't he? Yeah. See, all his life, they'll be saying, 
do you know you got in motor yard? No, I know or not. No. What's his name? Liam. Liam? Yeah. Oh man, that's Phyllis's favorite actor. I like that. Yes, I do. Hallelujah. And that's Eam. Liam. I, I wish I was Romaine or something. Hallelujah. Noah. Isn't that Miguel? Yeah, all the families come up here. And how long you guys been here? Two years? She put up. I married Phyllis. That was a bad memory. I tried not to remember anything. I do. Come right up here. And how are you today? Are you a grandmother? A great grandmother? Oh, you made she made you great? Wow. That's quite a deal. Does that cost you any more than just a regular grandbaby? Okay. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on down, guys. These people are afraid of these lights. No, come on in here. Get right in here. Yes, get right in here, guys. And so I'm presuming. You're his dad. You are. Yeah. And you're his mother. Good. Praise God. Well, is this your first grandchild? Have you got another job yet? Ooh. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You start rubbing mine. Look, I'm almost bald. Leave the baby alone. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, he's been. Yes. We're going to pray a five-fold blessing. Number one, we're going to pray that they always walk in the admonition and nurture the Lord. Secondly, we're going to pray that they will always experience God's provision. And then we're going to pray that their gift and their calling is going to be seen very early in their life. And then we're going to pray that God would protect them from all types of tragedies and perversions or anything like that. And then we're going to pray that they would always walk in health and they'll be kept by the power of God. Now, I don't know if any of you attend church or anything, but realize that these are sovereign choices of God. They're not just children. Out of every seed exchange in a child, there are four million, four million possibilities. 
but God sovereignly chooses one out of that four million. That sovereign choice. And then out of that, God has known them before the foundation of the earth. He has interwoven in them gifts, talent, desire, likes and not likes. And God has a purpose for each one of these children. But the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy that faith comes not only from the parents, but from the grandparents. It's important that you help protect this child. It's important that you raise this child in the way that the parents choose to raise it. It is important that you live right around them because they'll do what they see you do. I'm amazed at Africa. You, you can have 10,000 children, not one parent is there. Every one of those children are safe. Are safe because they're cared for by community. You're going to be their community. You protect them. And of course, as grandparents, you clothe them. You give them money. You buy them cars. You buy them guns, fishing poles. That is your job. Hallelujah. And uh, so, but you have a great influence. Great-grandmother, you have a great influence in them. You're going, they're going to hear your voice like they hear nobody else's. And so we all have a part in raising these children. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God, we pray right now for these children. We pray, God, that in the name of Jesus Christ, that, God, your will, the steps that you have for their life, God, would direct them into righteous causes. We pray, God, that no matter where they go, that, God, they would be under the blessing and the provision of your hand. God, provide for them through the light. Provide, God, for them in their high school years, their college years, and in their marriage years. I ask God that the gifts and the callings that you've put in each and every one of these children that are going to change our lives, that God, you would let us see them at an early age. And God, let us use our gifts and talents to nurture theirs, to help raise them, to hone them, God. And then, God, we pray that you would protect them from all accidents, all types of perversion, God, any tragedies that would seek to come their way, that, God, your hand would rise up and protect them. And then, God, we pray that you would keep them in health. That, God, they, I pray that, God, they will pass by what we would call infant diseases and sicknesses. God, let them flourish and let them experience a life of health and length of days. And God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.